Okay, so when the Scripture talks about judgment, though, uh, the Scripture really talks about one of two things. Uh, The first is um, a condemnation, all right? So there is this idea of judgment in that we condemn people on their eternal destiny. This is going to be entertaining. Uh, we, We judge people on their eternal destiny like they're going to hell, the, the problem with that is, as we as followers of Jesus and we as human beings, we don't have the authority or the power to do that. There's only one who can do that, and that's God himself. Okay? So, we need to understand that when we talk about condemning, when we talk about judging and sending people to their eternal destiny, that's way above us. Somebody else has that, that power and that ability. Now, Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, when he says, do not judge, he's talking about a different kind of judging. It is an evaluating judging. In other words, it's looking at each other and watching our our lives inside the church. Because Paul made it very clear in 1 Corinthians 5 that we are not to judge those outside the church. That's God's job. But we do need to keep an eye on each other, which we're going to talk about specifics on that here in just a minute. Um, But we need to be very, very careful how we do that, which we will talk about. All right? So, turn with me to Matthew 7. I've got all my stuff together now. I'm refocused. Matthew 7, uh, starting with verse 1. We're on page 971 if you're using the Pew Bible. Matthew 7, 1 through 6, continuing, how would Jesus live my life? And Jesus says this, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. All right. So, a lot of stuff here, a lot of different things we could talk about, but let's just look at it in paragraphs. The first paragraph, do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So what in the world is Jesus saying? Because it seems to say, he says here, don't judge, but then later he tells us how to judge. Right? So it gets a little little confusing here. And so in context of everything that he said on the Sermon on the Mount, here's what what I think he is saying, what I believe he is saying. A couple of things when he says don't judge. First of all, don't put yourself in a place above other people. That's a pretty consistent theme throughout his message. Don't consider yourself better than others. Don't look down on other people. Don't say that I'm so much better than you that I have the right to see what's wrong with you and point it out. Not that anybody would ever do that. And so it's this idea of don't set yourself on a higher plane than other people. But I think the other part of it is Don't be known for being judgmental. Don't be known for being judgmental. 
Now, see, we've talked a lot about when we interact with people. We've talked a lot about when we bump into people, what should spill off on them. It should be love. And when we walk away from people or when people see us coming, they shouldn't say, oh, no, here comes that judgmental person. And I think Jesus is saying, listen, this whole judging thing, this whole looking at each other's lives, this is a big deal. And it is not to be taken lightly. It is not something you jump into carelessly. It is not something that you do because, well, I'm just supposed to do it. And it feels good. And we have to process this reality is why do we sometimes want to do that? Why are we drawn to that idea that I want to judge someone? It's because if I focus everybody's attention on what they're doing wrong, you won't pay attention to me and what I'm doing wrong. And there is something about judging that makes us feel better. And Jesus says, don't put yourself above others. Don't put yourself above them and look down on them. And don't be known as being judgmental. Because if you are, we've got a problem. So there's a story that John told in John chapter 8 about the woman caught in adultery. And so Jesus was in the temple. Uh, These men brought this woman to Jesus. She had been caught in the act of adultery And they had rocks in their hands, and they said, listen, the law tells us that if a woman's caught in adultery, she should be stoned to death, so let's stone her. What do you think? It was all a trap. She was a pawn in their game. She was just something to try to to, to help uh, get Jesus' story of love to be seen as, uh, as without credit. And so Jesus, as they ask, he kneels down to the ground, and he starts writing on the ground. We don't know what he was writing. We don't know there's a lot of guesses. Many scholars or at least old preachers think that he was writing different sins of different people in the group. Some think that maybe he was writing the names of the men in the group because they had known this woman intimately. But whatever he was writing, he finished writing and he stood up and he said, okay. You without sin, you throw the first stone. Didn't even look at him, knelt back down, and started writing again. And the story goes that they began to drop the rocks, the older to the younger, and went away. And I look at that story, and I think really that kind of relates to to what Jesus was saying here. It's like, you know, we, we take ourselves into other people's lives and we force ourselves on them and want them to be like us. And when they're not doing it right, we want to point it out and we're ready to throw stones. But Jesus is like, listen, slow down a minute. You got your own junk to deal with. You got your own problems to work out. How many times have we been in a church setting when someone is being hypercritical of everybody, no matter who they see, no matter what's going on, they, they point out, and, and we see it as a staff sometimes, not anymore, nobody in this room. We've seen it historically, though, where no matter what we do, it's wrong. No matter what happens. So there's always something, even if something great takes place, there's always something wrong with it. And you find out time and time again that those people have a life that's going on behind the scenes that is horrible. 
And the whole idea is if I condemn you, if I attack you, if I focus on what you're doing wrong, I don't have to deal with me. Jesus is saying, don't be judgmental. Don't take it lightly. This is big stuff. It's important that you get it right. And so when we are known as being judgmental people, we're not doing this correctly. Okay? So when Jesus in that first paragraph, he's saying, listen, you decide to judge, understand that whatever standard you use to judge, God's going to judge you with it. So don't take it lightly. Don't take it lightly. So then he gives an illustration. So let's go on. And he has this illustration that's familiar to us. Verse 3, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? Have you ever had a speck of sawdust in your eye? It is absolutely miserable. Or anything that you can't get out, it's just awful, right? But it's there and it's irritating. And ah! Anyway, that's just for free. All right, so why do, you, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Some translations say a beam. And so Jesus is using hyperbole to say, listen, pal, why are you so worried about your brother's little mistake when there's a glaring mistake in your life? Perhaps it's even the same thing. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So Jesus says it's okay to deal with the speck in your brother's eye. But be careful to deal with your own stuff first. So, here's, here's what he's saying. If I were to sit Jay down and say, Jay, you, you got a problem with anger. I'm making this up, by the way. Right? But you need to calm down. You're representing the church. You're representing the kingdom in a poor way. It's, you, you need to fix this. Now, let's go to lunch. And so, in driving on the way to lunch, someone cuts me off in traffic and every non-pastoral word that you can think of flies out of my mouth, and I'm flipping them off, and what's wrong with that picture? You see, I'm, I'm so concerned about his little gesture that was inappropriate and not focusing on my own stuff. You see, the truth is, is that none of us are perfect. I know we know that. But there are times in all of our journeys that we do things that are so despicable that it offends the kingdom. And there are times in that journey that somebody needs to sit us down and say, look, pal, you're messing up. Jesus, Matthew 18, if you keep reading, Matthew 18, he told us, if your brother sins, there's a very clear method in which you should do this. You should sit down with them one-on-one and say, hey, I'm concerned. There's something going on in your life that is not right. How can I help? And Jesus says if, if, they turn, if they turn back to him, then you have saved your brother. But if that doesn't work, take somebody with you. And if that doesn't work, then bring it before the church. But, but hear this. Hear this, please. That the point of pointing out someone's speck in their eye is always, always, always restoration. Restoring their relationship with God. 
And Jesus is basically saying, how dare you be a hypocrite? How dare you not deal with your own thing that is the exact same thing you're going to talk to this person about? And you haven't dealt with it in your own life. So this huge idea of hypocrisy is, is overflowing in this idea of dealing with this judgmentalism or this judging each other. All right? There are people in churches, not this one, in churches that I've been to in the past and worked in in the past that make it their goal to make sure everybody's in line. And they filter through everybody's life and find every mistake that they can and, be, and are very careful to point it out as a prayer request. That's not what this is about. This is about restoration. And so I, I want you to hear me say this because I think this is a big part of this. If you find joy in confronting your brother and sister in Christ about their mistakes, you probably need to stop doing it. If you're looking forward to, oh, I can't wait to confront them about this because they need to get straightened out, something's not right in your life. And the truth is, it needs to be somebody you're well connected to anyway. We don't go to random people we've never talked to before and say, listen, you need to get this straight in your life. That's not us. That's not what we're supposed to do. And if there's not a clear leading of the Spirit of Christ in you that you need to do this, then don't. So I, I don't know if you heard the story about the pastor in Fort Worth who last week resigned his pastorate. And he resigned his pastorate because he was involved in several things that pastors aren't typically involved in. Uh, drugs, hiring prostitutes, that sort of thing. Okay, um, So he resigned. But it turns out that this guy actually became famous for a short time. Not that you would know his name, but he became famous because a, a video of his sermon became viral. It happened right after the shooting in Orlando in the Pulse nightclub. And he was excited that all those people got killed. And his exact words were, my prayer is, is that God will finish the work that this gunman started. And it turns out the whole time, he's involved in this other stuff. That's a plank. That's a problem. And so, I bring that up, and that's an extreme example, but I bring that up because, you know, this is not to be taken lightly. We need to look in our own spiritual journey. We need to ask ourselves our question, you know what? If this person's dealing with whatever it is, what about me? Not that you're going to be perfect. Not that you're going to be ideal before. But the reality is in my own journey, in my relationship with God, I've dealt with this stuff. And my goal is to help my brother or sister in Christ be reconnected to God. And out of love and out of care for them, I'm going to sit down with them. I'm going to say, look, I love you. 
and I'm concerned. Let's talk. It's totally different than pointing your finger in their face and saying, you are messing up and you need to straighten up. So when Jesus talks about this judgment thing, he's, he's saying, look, be very careful. Make sure you have a vibrant, growing, active relationship with God through the Holy Spirit before you participate in this activity. Then he goes on and he says something that, that almost seems out of place in this last paragraph. It, it's really almost bizarre but it has a lot of important truth to it. Verse 6, Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. So I look at this, and and there's a couple of things going on. The, The word for dogs means wild, untamed dogs that run around like crazy. Pigs clearly are unclean in Jewish thought. And he says, you know what? Don't go through this process with dogs or pigs. What? And the truth is really kind of simple. There are going to be, I know this is a shock, there are going to be people who really don't want to hear what you have to say. There are going to be people who are so adamantly against what you have to say, as soon as you present them with the reality, they're going to be in attack mode. They're going to say, how dare you? What about your life? How dare you? And they are going to turn on you, and they are going to attack you verbally, probably not physically, but maybe. And the truth that Jesus is saying is there are always going to be people that don't want to hear the truth you have to share. And are you ready for this? Don't push it. You may not have figured this out yet, but you can't change one mind or one life on your own. You don't have the ability or the power to transform a soul or a way of thinking. If someone is truly a follower of Jesus, only the Spirit of Christ can do that in them. And Jesus says, you know what? If there's someone who's going to take this in such a way that they're just going to turn on you and attack, just back off. Back off. And you know, it's interesting, the the place where I see this most is in parents with adult children. For some reason, we as parents, we just have the hardest time not parenting, even when our kids are on their own. And we have this idea that if I just tell them how wrong they are enough times, they're going to convert to my way of thinking. If I keep pounding and keep pounding and keep pounding, they're going to raise their kid differently, or they're going to be better with their money. Are they going to do it the way I see it and the way it should be done? Stop it. Because every time you do that, it makes them get further away. Present truth once. The Spirit will take it and run with it. Your job's done. 
Your job's done. See, that's what we do spiritually, I think. When people don't conform to who we want them to be, we pound and 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 we pound pound until eventually you're going to come to my side. It doesn't work that way. You're not near that powerful. Present it. If you feel led by the Spirit to present it, present it. Pray with the person. Walk away. The rest is up to God. And now it goes back to what Jesus has been saying throughout this sermon. We just got to trust. We got to trust God to do his part. I remember one time, uh, been guilty of this before, um, but we were in a small town called Granger, Texas. You will not go to Granger, Texas unless you're going to see someone. There was a man in the church uh, that was involved in activities that he should not have been involved in. So being the young, aggressive pastor that I was, I set him down and I told him about it. He didn't like it. And he let me have it. But I love Jesus and I would not be deterred. So we met again. And again, and again, because eventually I'm going to win him over. No. Nope. I just made him hate me and the church. Remember who we represent. And remember that any time any corrective action or word is taken, the goal is restoration for our brother or sister. And never, ever, ever jump into that game unless you are fully confident you're being led by the Spirit of Christ. That your relationship with Christ is growing and flourishing and moving forward before you jump into that arena. And it's amazing when you do it that way, the transformation that God does. When it's done in love and it's done because the Spirit has led it, God changes people and restores them. It's beautiful. And let's be honest. Every one of us had times in our lives when we needed somebody to sit us down and say, hey, you're messing up. Every one of us. Most of us probably got angry at first. But if we were led by the Spirit, we came back and said, you know, that's right. And we thank the person. Because restoration is the goal. All right, so this whole topic is really kind of depressing, and I'm sorry about that. That, was, that wasn't the goal in this. But, but understand when Jesus is, is going through this, and he's talking about how would, how would he live my life? How would he live my life? It would be a relationship with Christ that is, is growing and connected and moving forward. And when the Spirit leads me to interact in someone's life in this way, I'm willing to say yes and take that risk to restore a brother or sister because they're worth it.
Let's pray.